in the pattern podcast. Make left traffic clear for the option. Minneapolis departure, Archer 641, Charlie, Charlie, 2000, climbing 3000. Line up and wait, 7 range, for my Alpha. Mark Power, 172, Romeo Hotel, hold the short on the 133, ready to take off. I'm John. I'm Chris. I'm Brad. And I'm Mark. And we are the In the Pattern Podcast. Welcome to the In the Pattern Podcast, episode 70. This is Chris, and along with me tonight, I've got John and Brad. We're kind of waiting along for Mark here, but uh, not sure he's going to be able to make it this evening. But until then, we're going to get started. How are you guys? Doing great here. Very nice. Mr. Conway, what's up, man? Doing good, man. Just hanging out. Long time Wishing no I was see. at an air show or flying or all that uh, stuff. You didn't get enough? No. Nah, me neither. No. Brad, do you feel you, you feel a little, little uh, I don't know. Like, like you didn't quite get enough either. I need to get some more time up in the air, but uh, but I can't complain. You know, it's it's summer here, and summer is nice, and just gotta take advantage of it for the whole week that it lasts. I was talking about like like gosh, gosh, how it went so fast. We didn't get our our full week's worth in this time. Each uh, each one of us uh, made it a short collectively. One. We did, yeah. But between all of us, uh, we had a full week, but uh, not not quite any any single one of us. So we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. A little Osh wrap up uh, between us, and um, and uh, just kind of get get caught up on what's been going on. So um, uh, Brad got there a little bit before us, and uh, if you guys have been following along at home, you've uh, probably listened to the uh, quick cast. And uh, Brad reported from Osh his. his uh, his few days there, uh, he had to go home on uh, Tuesday, and and then I showed up Wednesday, and and uh, Pilot Conway got there Thursday early morning, real early morning, as you heard. Uh, Brad, uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, what happened uh, while you were at Oshon. Uh, what were you there Monday and Tuesday, or would you get there on Sunday? Uh, I flew in IFR on Sunday um, while the field was still IFR, and I got to avoid the the mess that was the afternoon's uh, uh, the afternoon's debacle, uh, which was really nice. You know, when you uh, the IFR flight in was a little bit nerve wracking as you break out over Lake Winnebago and you just see white caps. But um, eventually the shoreline came into focus and then I had the uh, Ardian Eds and then the runway. So it, it was uh, it was a relief to get to the runway and uh, know that I had the entire class delta to myself and nobody was going to hit me. Um, so once I got down, it was it was nice and easy and uh, made my way from. Uh, I got parked right up near Basler, which was super convenient because mm-hmm. there's a shuttle bus from Basler over to the transportation center and then from there grab another bus to the to camp Scholler. Uh, oh. so that made the transition that made the transit pretty straightforward nice um, were you uh were, were you looking at the adsb traffic like uh we've seen um, screenshotted and going what the heck's going on there so i flew down the night before the day before uh to waukesha for another event um unrelated oshkosh and i flew an ifr and I was up at like 5,000 feet in the clag, 
and I was looking at the ADSB, and it was really funny because there were huge clusters of airplanes, but they were all like 1,800 feet below me. <laughs> um, so they were just basically scud running their ways their way in, um, trying to get into the show. And then I landed uh, at Waukesha, and you know there was a B a B seventeen, and there were you know hundreds of other planes there. Um, and I had called ahead and and had a spot at uh, an FBO and uh, at a car waiting for me. And I went and did my things. And um, in the morning, you know, loaded up the plane and. Uh, and I had an IFR reservation that I had made a few days earlier because I thought, well, the weather might stink, and I would, and I would like, I would hate to miss any Oshkosh, you know, since I'm only going to be there for a short time. Uh, so I, I worked real hard to uh, to get that and to meet that clearance. Um, and uh, on the way in, there was nothing. Right on the way in, there were no planes flying anywhere near Oshkosh except the IFR drivers because it was it was. Uh, 400 or no 500 foot overcast so you know i broke out at 500 feet um above lake winnebago and so yeah there's nobody that was going to mess with that in fact the adis was basically you know oshkosh is ifr uh there's no special vfr like they were making it clear like don't don't show up without a clearance um so that made it pretty straightforward. And then later in the day, yeah, it was an absolute zoo. I mean, you could tell from the ground that it was a zoo. There were just planes everywhere. I watched one plane that was going into 3-6, and, and you, if you do the go-around, you're supposed to turn right toward Lake Winnebago because there's nothing out there. There's no air traffic. There's no more airport. You're on the eastern edge of the airport, so you turn right or east and head out towards the lake. And this guy decided to go left. Well, left is where all the arrivals and departures for 2-7 are going. That's where the helicopters are going. That's where the ultralights are going. And I'm watching this plane go overhead and just going, oh, man, this is going to be... It's, it's, be it's amazing that nobody swapped paint. It really mm-hmm. is. Don't don't be those guys. Yeah. It sounds like they're going to be... Uh, they're, they're already looking at, at ways to change the arrival and the notum for next year. Oh really? Um, in, in situations like that, because I think the, you know the um, I was listening to some of the ATC for it, and, and it was just nuts. They were, you know, turning people away and and doing all kinds of crazy stuff to keep separation. Yeah, it, it, people were getting better. They had been holding over Green Lake for hours and hours and hours, and that's yeah. no fun. I mean, it's expensive and it's stressful. Um, and I can understand it. And then they were holding the the whole airport for mass arrivals, and I. I think at some point EAA has got to say, you know what, guys, we've got just too much traffic. You know, mass arrivals just, you know, come in onesie twosie. Don't come in all at the same time because it's a zoo here and we don't want to hold up everybody else just to wait for your big moment to come in together. Um, I That would be my suggestion, but I wasn't up there. Well, it sounded like some of the mass arrivals were delayed anyway. Like some of them came oh, in yeah. on Monday, I thought. I think some of them did, um, but I know some of the other ones did come in Sunday afternoon, and they were they were call, calling people at Green Lake and telling them to just hold because hold for forty more minutes because we have a mass arrival coming in. Yeah, it's like, wow. Oh. Yeah, there was people circling for like I heard three hours and sometimes more. I yeah, I heard of one guy who he stopped Saturday at, at Appleton. He got full fuel. He took off Sunday at like noon or one o'clock and got in the conga line burned his full load of fuel 
and ended up going back to Appleton because he was out of gas. <laughs> that's brutal. That's and, just brutal. You know, that's yeah, that's that's As no if it fun. isn't already expensive enough, you know. Right. Then you got that going on, but that is that is the price for admission for uh, you know flying your plane to Osh. You know, there's you know on average ten thousand people flying there, and people are trying to get there the first you know few days, and especially if you want to be part of those mass arrival guys that are organized to come in between a certain time set. I mean. And then, and then, and then it's all up to the weather, which is ever unpredictable as you can get. You know, it seems like so. Yeah, so I'll be really interested to see what uh, what they come up with, uh, what changes they make for next year. Um, uh, you know, if any, just to see kind of how they might handle situations like that. And, you know, it might be one of those things like, you know, that doesn't end up coming up again for a bunch of years because you know the weather's you know so variable, but. Yeah, definitely seemed um, crazy. Yeah, there. I um, I remember just as Osh was getting started, and I was already starting to get those uh, text messages on my phones about uh, a phone about the weather and stuff like that that was going on. <laughs> I was like, "Here we go, it's Osh time." So yeah. So overall, uh, overall, good uh, good trip, good camp bacon experience, all that. Got to hang out with the guys for a little while before you had to leave. Um, yeah, it was it was super pleasant on the ground. You know, I missed all of the bad weather. Um, you know, the worst of it was was when I was arriving. It was just low overcast and kind of spitting rain. Um, but I had a super easy VFR departure. Again, I was right at the end of uh, near the end of two seven. Um, I couldn't quite taxi out onto it and go. I had to uh, taxi around a B one that was parked uh, over near Basler on the in the north side, um, which wasn't terrible. Uh, and uh, then sat in a, a little bit of a conga line for probably 15, 20 minutes uh, waiting to get waiting to get out. Um, there was just a lot of people coming and going on 27, and so it was a little bit of a wait. But um, I felt, you know, it's not fun just sitting there waiting. I felt even worse for the guys who were sitting there waiting just to cross the runway. Like they were just waiting and waiting for 15 minutes so that they could get to the front of the line, cross 27, and then taxi to wherever they were trying to get to. Uh, that's that's no fun. Uh, and those were generally arrivals that were going to vintage uh, or home built. Um, but uh, yeah, I had a super easy flight home. Um, I went from there up to uh, the Minnesota Wings Civil Air Patrol encampment and spent some time up there with. Uh, with a few hundred kids uh, learning how to be Civil Air Patrol cadets. Awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I enjoy it. I, it's an amazing program. I really don't, I couldn't, I really couldn't say enough about the quality of the cadet program that they have. So you should join Civil Air Patrol and do the things. I am uh, so not against that. It's something that I've I've often thought about uh, getting involved with down here, but I don't want to get involved unless I can get involved. Unless you know, and by that I just mean um, really have the time to put into it. I don't want to be the guy who shows up once every couple of months. So, right. Yeah. I, I have a lot of interest in it. I just uh, I just want to make sure that uh, I have the time for it too. Mm-hmm. You got you got a ride in a Whirlybird. I did while I was up there. Uh, I got to uh, the cadets uh, primarily, but also the the 
senior members who were there helping out um, got to uh, we're camp we're at uh, Camp Ripley, which is the Army training ground and air uh, and National Guard training ground in Minnesota. We don't have a, a huge military presence up here, but we do have that one facility. Uh, and they hosted us and uh, gave the kids an opportunity to get a ride in a Chinook helicopter. Uh, and that was quite a hoot. I'd never been in one. Um, and uh, it's they are, they are just as ugly up close as they are uh, in photos, i got to tell you. They are, they are not beautiful machines, but they're more than capable of picking up 30 kids and a couple of adults and flying them around for, for a good time. Um, I believe they're the fastest helicopter in the inventory. Are they really? Yeah. I suppose. The, um, the uh, um, Apaches and so forth have to uh, um, ask those guys to slow down. If you want us to uh, protect you, we need you to slow down. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, they're the fastest helicopter out there, so wow. it kind of makes sense with the size of the roller, rotor blades they got. But um, it, you know, it's almost like a what? Um, uh, what's the tilt rotor? Um, the Osprey twenty-two. Yeah, it's kind of like you know an Osprey, which is fairly fast too in, in cruise flight. But uh, yeah, quite a bit faster, I would imagine. Uh, and they're. Uh, yeah, it, you know, it was it was quite a rush for the kids. A lot of a lot of the cadets had never, if they hadn't done an O flight yet, they'd never been in a small aircraft, and, and certainly very very few of them would have ever been in a helicopter. Uh, so you know, it was it was nice. The the folks driving it came out and did a really nice safety briefing and and got everybody ready and answered you know all of the crazy cadet questions that the kids come up with. Um, and we uh, we got about a 15, 20 minute ride. Uh, and kind of up and down the upper parts of the Mississippi River. It was it was very very cool experience. We got to see more of the base uh, than just the the drill pad and the and the uh, PT grounds, which is most of what the cadets most of where the cadets spend their time. And uh, so so how'd your boy like it? Oh, it? he'll tell you that after the first three days, it was great. <laughs> first. <laughs> first three days, even though he went to uh, what they call EPS or encampment prep school, which is a weekend, just a weekend ahead of time, ahead of encampment to kind of get you used to what the experience is going to be. Uh, even though he had done that, he was still kind of overwhelmed by the sergeants. Um, and these are cadet sergeants, but they're, you know, you, you get off the bus or off the van and they're up in your face yelling at you to you know, <laughs> telling you where to go and how to stand and don't look around and Oh, you know, wow. you'll address me as sergeant, and you'll address me as sir or ma'am or whatever it is. Um, you know, there, there's no hazing. It's not drop and give me twenty, and they don't get up in your face and call you, you know, a maggot or anything like that. <laughs> that's not allowed. In fact, that's one of the reasons the senior members are there is to make sure that none of that kind of thing happens. Um, but on the other hand, it's intimidating for kids to have somebody shouting at, shouting orders at them and yelling at them to, to do exactly what they tell you to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, there were some, uh, there were some teary eyes, although, uh, not my sons, but, uh, (laughs) some other folks, you know, they had a hard time putting up with that kind of pressure. Um, but, uh, and from my perspective, you know, there were a few, uh, we had one broken arm, uh, and uh, one kid that I had to take to the ER who was pretty dehydrated. He was 
dehydrated and he had, his electrolytes had dropped and so he was starting to get muscle tremors and some other oh, things wow. like that yeah and uh so a little trip to the ER and then a whole bunch of Gatorade uh, got him <laughs> back on his feet. Well, good. And yeah, like I said, it's a great experience. Um, uh, the kids learn a ton. They learn a lot about what they can handle, uh, and it kind of you know, kind of gives them a little bit more, well, a lot more in, in a lot of cases, a lot more self confidence in what they can do and what they can they can tolerate as as cadets uh, and. Um, Aiden's already looking forward to going back and uh, doing some more training, and and you know uh, he's going to try to go to NCOS, which is the non commissioned officer's school uh, in the fall, and uh, get himself ready to be a sergeant. And maybe he'll be one of the kids yelling next year. Oh wow! <laughs> can you imagine that? <laughs> I yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be kind of weird to see from your side, probably though. It would be weird to see from my side, but, uh, you know, we don't do a lot of yelling at, at home, but I can imagine, uh, like a lot of the kids, they're like, I wanted to become a sergeant so I could be the one doing the yelling and I could, I can, I wouldn't put it past him, but he's also interested in doing kitchen, kitchen staff because they look like they were having a blast. So cool. I, I saw a picture of, uh, you and him flying recently. We did. We uh, this past weekend on Sunday, the EAA chapter in uh, Red Wing, Minnesota, had uh, a pancake breakfast, and so we flew down there. In fact, he did um, the pre-flight, and after probably five six seconds in the air, um, all of the flying till we got to within about ten miles of the airport. Uh, at that point, I didn't want him flying being the, the sole manipulator of the flight controls while we were in a busy, crowded airspace. It wasn't Oshkosh crowded, but it got busy. Um, so I took that part over. We, we were flying one of the archers, so it was okay. a simpler plane. It, you know, it didn't, no gear, no cowl flaps, no adjustable prop. You know, A lot of those complexities are gone, and I did all the navigating for him. So I could set a heading bug and tell him an altitude. Um, and he was, you know, working on kind of doing the VFR thing of trying to keep the plane at that altitude and trying to uh, learn how to hold a heading. And I was t- trying to get him to to keep looking outside and use outside references as his as his guidance rather than having to rely as much on the instruments yet. Okay. Um, he did a great job. He uh, he really enjoyed it. He really liked being the one doing the pre flight and actually getting his hands on, you know, sumping the fuel and checking the oil and you know alternator belt and the prop and gear and all the things. Liked kind of peeling that little bit of mystery back and and actually being the one doing it. Uh, it goes a lot towards getting your confidence about being a passenger, even. But then doing the actual flying, it's like, oh, okay, this isn't actually that hard. Excellent. Which is, of course, the big secret that we keep from our families. You know, (laughs) we like them to believe that this is just absolutely only by sheer force of will that we that we keep them alive while we fly them around. But well, well, my wife is pretty certain that's probably uh, how it goes because I can remember one time we were flying to Sedona and I asked her to take the yoke for a couple of minutes and I grabbed the. uh, the old airport facility directory back when we used those in paper form because uh-huh. I wanted to look up I don't know if it was a frequency or something with, at uh, 
at Sedona, and I, I didn't even get to the page of Sedona on there before she's like, take it back, take it back. You know, she was just certain this thing was going to flip upside down by itself or something, you know. <laughs> right. But anyways, you know, um, uh, you know, we go to we go to um, California for Thanksgiving, and we do the uh, trip over to uh, Catalina. And like last year, her, her, I quote her as saying, "You know, I always enjoy it once we get there. It's just the flying that makes me nervous." You know. <laughs> oh. and, and 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 however, uh, I do have uh, a couple of pictures of her uh, literally asleep while we're over the ocean on the way back. So. I don't know how much of that I believe. If you're if you're able to actually get comfortable enough to fall asleep on literally less than a forty minute flight, <laughs> a matter of fact, not even ten minutes away from uh, Catalina over the ocean, um, I'd think you're relaxed. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I'm not buying it. <laughs> so, um, did you uh, did you go to the Hops and Props party on Monday? Yeah, I did. Uh, I managed to make it over there and. Nice. Uh, uh, Got to uh, see the folks at Hartzell, and uh, they had the flying musicians there that were doing some music, and oh, cool. uh, some lucky soul won uh, a beautiful wooden display prop. It was their hundredth anniversary. Oh, so nice! I, I want to be the winner of that some year. Yeah, it would be it would be nice. I I still am wanting to win the airplane that they give away at the at the show, but that hasn't <laughs> happened yet either. Yeah, yeah. Darn it, rats. So, uh, anything uh, while we're still on, on on Osh and talking to you about it? Anything um, because of being there such a short time this time that uh, you were hoping to get to but didn't quite make it to? Oh, lots of things. Um, I didn't get to the Innovation Center. I didn't get to... Me neither, and I'm really ticked about that, by the way, because I had um, uh, intentions on, on talking to some specific people over there. But anyways, Yeah, you know, I was really hoping to get there, and I was um, I would have loved to spend some time in the Pilot Proficiency Center. I, I left Wednesday morning, so I missed... Um, I missed the presentation at the FAA about fatigue, um, you know, just so many things. And not to mention the gatherings. I, I couldn't go to the UCAP tie-down party. I couldn't go to lots of the, the social events um, that happen as well. But it was for a good cause. I'm not, I don't regret my decision to, to go up and spend time helping the kids at encampment. But I'm a little... I was a bit annoyed when I discovered that the only time that they could give us at Camp Ripley was over Oshkosh. Uh, yeah. You did make it to Jambalaya, though. I you did make it to Jambalaya. I had, in fact, I was helping to chop vegetables uh, mm. with, <laughs> with Leslie and the gang uh, beforehand. And so it was, that was nice. You know, cooking in a group is always really a lot of fun. Yeah. I did get lucky, though, because the, uh, the whole air show getting postponed so i ended up being able to see both night air shows instead of just the one yeah i didn't get to see either and uh that was sad oh and you missed out on the big uh the big drone formation whatever that was <laughs> i didn't see that but no, i heard I things <laughs> well i did I, <laughs> I heard many things i didn't see it either i just I, I heard it was a little bit underwhelming and a few of the drones were deciding to do their own thing instead of paying yeah. attention to the formation they were supposed to be in. <laughs> whoops so 
I heard the second time. I heard the second time they did start calling out what the things were supposed to be, <laughs> and this so is people knew to what they were like looking at. Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, okay. sounds like they've got some work to do. I think part of it was it wasn't quite clear. Like they weren't all that tight, and I think the other part too is that the flight line's so long, so the people on the sides. Oh yeah. They can't unless see you were, it either. Yeah, unless you were looking at it head on. Center. Yeah, yeah. You, you probably had no idea what's going on. Oh, okay. If you're adding kind of an angle to it, yeah. Yeah. So, wow. <laughs> All right, so maybe I didn't miss that as much, but yeah. Uh, but how about yourselves? You guys got to see uh, the whole second oh, half. Yeah, and by the way, excellent interview with the uh, FAA guy on the um, on the. Uh, um, what do you call it? The hypoxia, not, not the hypoxia chamber. Yeah, the hypoxia chamber. Yeah, that was that was quite an experience. I, I learned that I'm very very sensitive to hypoxia, which I kind of suspected. But after a minute, you know, you're all we're all wearing pulse oximeters, and the safety yeah. guy that's in the box with you, he he was like pointing at me, and he's like, "Put your mask on <laughs> like, right now." <laughs> what, what was your reading on on the pulse ox showing? Do it was like seventy two. Oh, that's low. Yeah. It's it's really low, and I that's you know. No bueno. I'm glad that he did it. And the funny, the interesting thing is, I didn't feel bad yet, and I like I was able to sign my name. I was able to work the uh, math problems, although I was working, I was doing addition instead of subtraction, which was interesting. But I was doing it correctly, so I don't know. Okay, so you wouldn't say it, it interfered with your judgment at that point. Probably, uh, I, you know, if I was completely with it, I probably would have looked for the operator that I was supposed to be using and not just assumed that it was addition <laughs> instead of oh. subtraction. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, but on the other hand, I was it was cognitively I was not completely impaired. Um, no headache, or you're just really good at math, and no yeah. no headache, okay. no headache at all. Cool. Well, I uh, I went over there, but unfortunately they were, and this was at like um, nine thirty in the morning on, I think it was Saturday. Saturday, you went. Oh, yeah. Saturdays yeah. are busy, and they were already filled for the whole day. Right. And they said I could come back every forty five minutes and check to see if someone didn't show up, but I had other things I already wasn't going to be able to see for the day, so I, I didn't have time to keep running back over there. But uh, right. Maybe next year. Um, it would be a great experiment for us uh, <laughs> to video while we're all in there. I think it'd be kind of funny. So yeah, they said no beards though. So oh yeah, well there was a dude with me that had this massive beard. I once I saw him do it, I was like, yeah, whatever. Did, did was his uh, was his mustache trimmed down to where it would seal uh, below his nose or anything? No, the guy looked like a lumberjack. Oh okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I wouldn't have made it over there because, uh, yeah, Chris was the one who was going to go put names in and stuff, and I stopped by. But yeah, you would. Um, yeah, I didn't have time. You had just probably finished running the uh, 5K a little bit before that. So. Oh, you poser! Yeah, <laughs> John is looking good. He's skinny and shape. Awesome. I'm not in I'm shape. Jealous. Let's let's. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. So uh, we we picked up where. Uh, where uh, you left off uh, by showing up on Wednesday. I did, anyways. Um, John, you showed John, up just in time for all the storms. <laughs> oh, yeah. we did. I did get a little bit of that. Um, I, I got stuck here for the storms and yeah. uh, in, in Maryland and couldn't get in. But Unfortunately, yeah, the, even the big planes have to deal with that uh, in the, some, some, sh- some uh, shape or fashion. Yeah, the weather the rest of the week, though, was great. and I mean, I couldn't have been happier with that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I wanted to, um, man, I, I, I missed a couple of different things that I wanted to get to. Like, I didn't even go through any of the, um, any of the hangers to look at any of the vendors other than to walk, to walk through them to get to the other side or something. Like, I didn't spend any time in there. Oh, um, wow. I normally do that. Uh, I like to window shop, even though I got no plane to buy anything <laughs> for or whatever. But do you have a deck? Is there some chairs funny. or something? Yeah, uh, I got a, a got maybe a, a massage chair or something to go sit in for a while. I saw at um, least four setups for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're making heard, changes for next year, I hear. Yeah, they and they made some for this year, and then they're going to continue to make more. I guess you know. Yeah, I thought they had less of that stuff than in prior years. They keep pushing that stuff more out to the fly mart. They did. And and I think what's happening next year is I believe Hangar D, I believe, is going to get... Um, uh, is it the FAA building is, is, that's over by oh, Home Belts? So, and they're tearing down that building. They're yeah, going to move a bunch of it into the hangar, and then they're going to put a, a patio thing, I think like they have over at Warbirds for home built. So they're going to have like daily mm. stuff with home builts and like show things and all that and have a little square area there. Oh, okay. Um, well, that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. So that, that'll be, that'll definitely be interesting. Hey, did you, uh, um, I did either one of you, uh, get to see the, um, the, what is it? The quarter scale, uh, uh B 17. The, yes, I did. You did. did, I did. You, get, you totally did. did. It, John, that was cool, huh? Oh, yeah. That was a hoot. I, I, I'd seen videos of it, but it was just yeah. parked right out. It was there on Sunday when I was um, coming down uh, from the North 40 on the bus, and we were you know, puttering along past it, and I was like, holy cow, that is amazing. Uh, and then later on, I stopped by and checked it out uh, from the from you know ground level off the bus, and uh, it, it's an, an incredible effort. Yeah. To actually build a functioning one-third scale B-17. Yeah, it's called the Bally Bomber because the guy's name is Jack Bally. Uh, um, I had um, I had seen him YouTube videos of this thing being put together for years, um, and been kind of following it. And would be, and I never really thought about. I wonder if he'll ever take it to Osh, but I'm so glad he did. It was really cool to see, and I I think it would have been better if I could have actually seen him fly it. I would have loved to have seen him do some passes because it's just got to be hilarious looking for that style of looking airplane, but just your head fitting in what looks like the cockpit and it fills up, you know, cause it's a one seater, you know, it's uh, it's hilarious. You know, it's gotta be so There's funny. There's a picture of it next to what I believe is a one fifty two on their site. And it's, it's like, so tiny oh yeah <laughs> i i wish i had gotten over that i never made it past home builds i never even made it to home builds <laughs> so i never made it down that way but that's uh i'm gonna throw this link in the show the 5K, notes i suppose <laughs> uh, you know it it turned right uh at home builds oh, it? it came back yeah so that's okay. as far down the flight line as i got yeah i got i got some um i think i got some pretty good video and some pictures of it uh i'll have to send you over 1999 what's that when he started it so the photos in here yeah there's a whole thing 99 oh, yeah. and 2001 and, yeah. and all wow just slick and and just what a just a, a fantastic fabricator 
and, and, and engineer this guy to, you know, say, ah, I've got this idea. No one's ever done this before, you know, and and wonder how this would work out or what scale would we have to make it to make it a single seat, you know, type airplane. I, I, I wonder what it's, I'd, I'd have to look it up. I'd like to see its, uh, you know, gross weight limitations and, and, and um, useful load and stuff like that. I think it'd be kind of neat. But he that did a fantastic be. job. It was it's a cool looking airplane and just uh it's it it kinda embodies what EAA is all about. So <laughs> uh let's see. Um the empty weight of a B seventeen is thirty six thousand one hundred and thirty four pounds. So he's the a third empty of that, weight right? <laughs> of the Bally's bomber is eighteen hundred. Yeah. <laughs> a little under thirty uh, one third. <laughs> Yeah, that's one of those cube things, right? So yeah. one third scale means it's a third the length, third the width, third the height, which is one ninth. Uh, yeah, forty two gallons of gas, which isn't even what uh, what the real uh, B seventeen does in one engine per hour or oil. Yeah. yeah. So so there you go. Length twenty five feet versus seventy four and three point nine inches, and then thirty four seven wingspan versus one hundred and three. Uh, and change pretty slick <sighs> pretty cool um spe- speaking of the uh as we were talking a little bit ago about the innovation center um i forgot to go down there because i wanted to go uh talk to uh peter um uh Sripol. does that name ring a bell at all peter Sripol? probably not i don't think he, so he, he's someone who i've watched on youtube for probably six or seven years um doing rc flying and he is just fantastic with uh with foam making foam airplanes well he built oh he was the guy that made the the crazy foam plane that he flew in i heard about that but i didn't see it he built a biplane a twin mind you a twin biplane uh, and out of electric, you know, engines with, and he's got like, it's got like 40 or 30 some pounds of batteries in it. And, uh, he made it out of, uh, Home Depot, um, insulation foam. He, uh, covered it in, um, in, uh, fiberglass, um, um, cloth and resin. Uh, he didn't paint it, so you can totally tell it's just foam. Uh, and he flies it. And I meant to get over there and interview him, and I so am disgusted with myself that I didn't get to go, that I forgot to do that. It's like one of those things, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and I get there, I'm like, oh, shiny airplane, and I forget. I I suck. So, (laughs) yeah, he would have been great to talk to. I've been, I, matter of fact, I I messaged him on on YouTube going, hey, I'm going to be there, are you going to be there, I want to talk to you, and I screwed up. See what happens when you're only there for a few days, you Get your priorities out of order. <laughs> so, anyways, congrats to him for uh, for um, making an interesting aircraft out of foam and then flying it in front of a bunch of people. He he he's he's made a couple um, single seat you know electric aircraft and and uh, and done this with. This is like two that I know of that he's made so far. So. Anyways, his first name is Peter, and last name is S-R-I-P-O-L. And if you go look him up on YouTube, you will be amazed. Yeah, there'll be some links in the show notes. 
So was looking forward to do that. I, I did get all the way from uh, Warbirds down to um, the ultralight uh, field, otherwise also known as Funfly Zone. Is that right? I think so, yeah. Funfly yep. Zone now. So, um, Which has everything from... Nowadays, it's got everything from... Uh, you'll get uh, balloons going off down there occasionally. You've got uh, the... the um, uh, the guys in the in their powered parachutes, every kind of little ultralight or gyroplane, um, home built helicopters, um, the uh, uh, what are they? The um, uh, the guys that flew in from like Utah, the something cowboys. The um, is it the flying cowboys? Ah, I'm sorry, I'm screwing up their name, and the people are yelling at me now through the radio, uh, through their pod- podcasting machine, but. Um, uh, these guys flew in to do the uh, stole competition stuff, mm. and uh, and and I don't know if you got to see uh, if you went down there, Brad. But um, Mike Patey um, brought in a uh, um, a Wilga, the Draco, the P- yeah, Draco with yes. the PC six slung on the front of it. That was insane. Did you get to see it fly? I did. And it was <laughs> the takeoffs were just ridiculous, right? You, you're you're watching the thing; it's like kind of a normal takeoff roll, and then it just decides, "Ah, we'll just go up." Yeah, we're just gonna go like about about a sixty degree straight up. It was amazing. That was like yeah. the Yak One Ten, right? <laughs> yeah. which which flew like an RC plane, right? Twin mm-hmm. twin uh, props, and then a big old jet engine strapped in between them, and it could just hang in space, yeah. just hover. Yeah, going okay. <laughs> yeah, that thing looked like it was going way faster than the airframe was ever designed to do. I wonder. I wonder what they did to stiffen it up to, to strengthen it because the speed and the turns that he was going, I, it just seemed like way faster than what it was ever designed to do. Yeah, probably as a single Yak fifty five anyway. So <laughs> I don't know. Once you make a Yak one ten, maybe you just double all the numbers and everything's good. <laughs> right. There you go. Pro- probably not. I won't. I won't ever be uh, be doing that and asking anyone to get in it with me and go. Now let's hold my beer. You know. Man, <laughs> yeah, they're they're not they're not so so much for uh, the um, who was it the, the screaming Sasquatch that wasn't there this year, but uh, that has the uh, jet right, engine hung underneath of it. Yeah, yeah, it's a biplane with a big old jet, like a Spitz S one or S two with a jet engine underneath it. Because <laughs> why not? It's got something off of like a CJ5 engine on, the, on underneath of it, which I think is kind of the same engine that they were using on that Yak 110. I thought they said like the it same sounded, name it for sounded it. Sounded similar. Yeah. So pretty cool. Um, what did anything you missed out, John? That you were hoping to see? Uh too much. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, you know, for me, the big thing was, was all the parties and stuff at the beginning of the week that I missed that yeah. kind of made me sad. Um, I really do wish I had made it down to, to home belts and warbirds. Um, and I made it to one of the Dawn patrols. I didn't get to do that this year. Um, almost did, but it was not a morning for me to <laughs> get up. Um, I tried to commit to one of those too. <laughs> I think it was the same one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I think that there was the night before there was some shine and Jeremiah weed that I ended up going around to and <laughs> yeah, I didn't even have that much. Um, Just say no. Uh, you, you know what actually killed me was the uh, the day 
I think it was the food because I did Arnie and Ed's and I did something else and then we had some party you that went, night and it was like I don't eat like that anymore and for me it just it was just that sushi night. Me. No, that was Friday night. Oh, so it was that morning was the one that I woke up and I was just like, "There's no way." <laughs> I had I was just I felt awful and it was just this combo of everything that I don't normally eat or drink and I think it was like just sh- sent my body into shock. Um, oh, was it donkey meat night? That was it, yeah. Because it was all that meat. It was all the meat, and then it was Pro- already props to Chris, uh, Chris uh, Gustafson, um, aka Donkey, for uh, for the donkey meat party. He, uh, he brought all brought out all the meats. Uh, he had smoked wings. He had like um, chicken. There was pulled uh, pork. Pulled pork. I mean, all kinds of stuff. It was yeah. uh, delicious. He had some pasta salad stuff there. Made his own barbecue sauce. Um, it was awesome. Good food. Yeah, but I haven't eaten that much meat in one sitting either in a long time and, and then so. mike mike lad popped out the uh the beverages to drink um the, the moonshine yeah, who invited him <laughs> i think nice that was work, the same day that tupper came too which is why the jeremiah weed was yeah around. yeah so oh you crazy kids <laughs> yeah i can't do that anymore um but yeah for i think that was the biggest thing was just missing missing some of that um you know, the couple places I didn't get to go. Um, I'm hoping, you know, hopefully next year I'll be there for the whole week. And, and that was a thing for me. I was just trying to cram everything into two days because I, I basically lost Thursday dealing with yeah. the whole baggage thing. So I only really spent two days on the grounds. And a lot of that I spent at Boeing Plaza because I was shooting some video there. Um, yeah, but I really just I didn't get to go see a whole lot of the show at all. I didn't get to stay out on the flight line really for much of the air shows. Um, so it was just kind of missing a lot of that. Um, that kind of made me sad. So hopefully next year I'll be able to go for the for the whole week. Um, because it's just two days is not enough time up there. I've but, uh, I really it was three and a half, but yeah, I've spoiled myself because up until a couple of years ago I was just coming on Wednesday and kind of leaving on Sunday, and that was just how I did Oshkosh, you know, because that's how like Allegiant flew into Appleton or whatever the case may be, yeah. vacation or you know. It's just what I could do. And then last couple of years, I was able to do the whole week. And I was like, oh, so cool. I didn't realize this happens on, you know, Sunday and Monday and this and that. And then I'm back to my old Wednesday to Sunday. And I'm like, oh, I feel so bad because I missed out. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I, I I keep talking about it to uh, my family back here. And, and they're, they want to go. Um at, at, and even uh, even the extended family with uh, my daughter's uh, in-laws who, you know, we're best friends with that we do all the vacationing with and stuff, they want to come too. So it, we may even do the thing where, no, it's not really feasible to take the RVs across country and drive it there and drive it back. Not, not while I still have a job anyways, you know, or anybody does for that matter because we can't spend that amount of time on the road. But maybe we can go out there and rent an RV and have it planted there, kind of like uh, the UCAP guys do or whatever, and um, have someone else deal with dropping it off and picking it up, and we just use it, you know? It's a lot of people that do it out there. I mean, yeah. there was a couple. There was two or three, I think, in our campsite that were that yeah. way. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. Yeah. So That's the only of- way I'd get my family out there is, is, well, the only way I'd get my wife out there. Uh, <laughs> Not a bad way to go. The, the kid, uh, he can he can deal with whatever I throw at him. Yeah. when he's old enough <laughs> <laughs> so That'd yeah be fun though yeah for sure um so 
every year I get back and I got more stories and this and that, uh, they're, they're more and more interested to go. So it won't be long and it, it'll be, it would be a blast to uh, have them tag along. Uh, I spent, I, I, I went to the air show every day as I typically always do. I love to take my pictures and stuff down there and, uh, hang out with some of the other photographers. Um, uh, this year I borrowed a 400 millimeter prime Nikon from, uh, the Nikon, uh, professional services booth and, I need Canon back. Oh. They need to come back. <laughs> no. They were there one year and Canon. I bought a Canon. <laughs> yeah. I, I got sucked into that same deal, used it for like six years, and then finally sold it and switched to Nikon. Uh, but uh, it, it sure is nice having them available. Um, I wish I, I wish I had the time to handle my camera. They were cleaning them while they were there, too, but their cleaning guy left on Wednesday. So. Yeah, that's the one thing I want to take advantage of, too. Yeah. Come on, Canon, come back. <laughs> I'm, not, Bring them I'm both. not switching out. Yeah. So we we had a, we were having some competitions on the uh, flight line there, taking photos of seeing who could bring the shutter speed down the slowest and pan as a uh, aircraft was taxiing back. So the aircraft is in focus, but it looks like they're flying by because the background's all zoomed out or is uh, is um what do you call it like blurred out? Yeah. So that was kind of fun. That's a whole other level of nerdery. Oh yeah. I'm I'm an av, I'm an av geek, I'm an IT geek, I'm, and I'm a photo geek, so I got enough enough uh enough expensive hobbies my wife says. <laughs> yeah. My daughter and I still haven't done this yet. My bought my daughter for my birthday um bought me a uh, a skydiving um um ticket, so She's like, I hope you don't get too excited about doing that because she's afraid that I'm going to want to start doing skydiving. So she's she's probably not wrong either. It's a little less pricey, but <laughs> yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah, you're going to want to do it. You're going to want to do it. Yeah, I, I, I do. Get, I want to get my commercial ticket and be a skydive pilot. And yeah, that's what you want to do. Drop those guys out. <laughs> so you fly up and then just just skydive out. Race race them back down. Yeah. <laughs> so. Anyways, um, before we went to Oshkosh, um, I, uh, I took my, my wife's uh, cousin up for a flight and, uh, he's getting ready to, uh, go to, well, he's not getting ready. He's now, uh, taking lessons to get his, uh, to get his ticket. Um, did I tell you guys about him already? I think I did. Uh, I think you did. I mentioned something about like him wanting a seven person airplane and this and that. Yeah. Yeah. So while I was while I, while I was at Ask Oshkosh, one of the first things I did was ran, run over to the Diamond booth and took a, took photos of the DA sixty two, and kept sending him to him. He's just like drooling, you know, like, yes, that's what I need right there. So, yeah, so he 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 shot me a text. Uh, I think it was yesterday um, of of one of the other flights. He's he's going twice a week now, so which is perfect. Um, yeah, that's the way to do it. So he'll get this knocked out here pretty soon. So we're going to go flying again um, probably in another another uh, couple of weeks. So on the next podcast, I'll report back uh, how his progress is going. But, nice. oh, um, so spe- speaking of that, uh, that flight that we went on, um, I was so unprepared because of one thing. I forgot my kneeboard. Oh, you ever did that all the time <laughs> all the time <laughs> i mean i 
I lost my RAM mount somehow for my iPad, and so I've just kind of been tossing it around the, the cockpit, and like eh, I kind of work with it. Um, I, I haven't been dealing with the yoke mount because it's just a pain to get on and off. <laughs> I, so I don't yoke mount it. I stick it, it to the I stick it to the windshield suction cup mount. Yeah. yeah. Oh, see, I did that with the phone too for the checklists. Well, I'm I'm talking about a literal, um, you know, paper knee pad, analog, What's that? A knee board. Yeah, a real knee board. I always use a knee board. Write frequencies down, um, cl- clearance if I need it, whatever. But the most important thing I have on that, um, on the binder piece, is I have a a piece of paper, and it has um, every here it is. It's at every airport frequency in phoenix in the phoenix area um it's got it's called the phoenix vfr frequencies that's what i've called it and it's basically like got every airport local it's got their tpa um their ctaf unicom frequency any of their towers or ground if they have that atis awas whatever it might be also phoenix approach if i need to contact them um um, luke luke air force base at luke approach if i need to talk to them um uh, some of the navigational aids like the VORs and stuff like that. So my idea that day was to just kind of take the Phoenix tour around all the different airports and do touch and goes on all of them just so we could see them for the first time, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's a lot of fun to do. It's pretty challenging because three of the airports are like back to back to back. Like you got to let them know where you're going. So they give you a, uh, um, a, a handoff quick enough so you can get ATIS and get talking to the other guy before busting their delta or their delta and so forth. So, oh, you but, don't need the you don't need the ATIS code to get a transition. No, 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 no. But um, if no, not a transition. Touch and goes. Oh, for touch and goes. Yeah, then then you need it. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have it, so I was like, I can't do it. I can't look this stuff up quick enough. Um, so we uh we just took off out of Glendale and um. I was thinking, okay, maybe I could try to do it. So I was trying to see if I could use my phone to gather that plus my tablet. And I was like, I don't think, I think I'm just going to get us in trouble if I do that. So I just flew over to Deer Valley from Glendale, which is real close, you know, 20 miles, less than 20 miles away, 15 probably. Um, did like three touch and goes over at Deer Valley and then headed back to, uh, oh, before we did that, did, did a few laps around, um, uh, Lake Pleasant and then over to Deer Valley for the touch and goes and then back over to, Glendale for a few touch and goes and then landed it. But um, so next time we go up, I'll we'll have it and we'll go do that. Do you have a four thirty in the plane? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So pro tip: next time you're flying, take uh, put your grab the big knob uh-huh. right on the on the bottom right and twist it all the way to the right. Yeah. And, which puts you in nearest mode. Yeah. And it'll give you the frequencies. You're right. Yep. My uh-huh. tablet would do the same thing if I would have just thought about that. Um, and you can always call in and say negative ATIS. You know, if you don't have if you don't have time to get it, just say negative ATIS, and they'll uh, or or don't say that you have it, and they'll they have to give you yeah. that information. They'll say confirm you have Bravo. Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> well, you can say no, I don't, and they'll just no. give it to you. It takes them four seconds, right? They'll yeah. just give you the wind, the altimeter, and the runway. True. Yeah. Yep. Good point. So. Anyways, yeah, I want to do. I want to. I want to take him back up again and go do that. I don't know what what all. He, at this point, I'm sure he's just out in the practice area doing his uh, steep turns and stalls and stuff. Turns around a point and stuff like that. At this point, so fun. But 
all good all good stuff good times good times indeed so um next thing and so here we are it's august uh, a couple more months before the uh the um october uh, or th- yeah the november i'm sorry thanksgiving trips coming up so we'll have a few more episodes out before then but i am going to start putting out the uh information about uh the trip i've already been contacted by um uh who was it um i think i talked to to mark about it but i also talked to ron klutz yeah ron contacted me about it um already so he said unfortunately the 210's been uh, spoken for um from the 21st to the 26th. So we kind of thought it might be a long shot that he can go, but maybe we can get it put in before then. So I am going to be starting to put out the information for scheduling that, uh, that trip. And hopefully we'll get uh, six or seven uh, planes this year for the uh, Pomona to Oshkosh trip or Oshkosh Pomona to Catalina. <laughs> That'd be a fascinating yeah. trip actually. <laughs> yeah. It'll take more than a, more than a couple get hours. That'll for sure. <laughs> yeah, we'll start. We'll start slow and just go to Catalina first. Yeah, you get. You should fly. You should fly in. All of both of you should fly in. Yeah, I want to. Maybe one day when I have my son X. Hundred percent. Maybe uh, Franz and I'll I'll do that again uh, next year or the year after or something like that. I I go through the same thing every year. Where after Oshkosh, I end up looking up all start the different ways shopping. that I could possibly <laughs> get an airplane. <laughs> Now I'm like, how much would it really cost me to put an extra shed in the backyard with power? (laughs) (laughs) There you go. And I was like, maybe I could just grab a storage unit for a while to house a kit and then, uh, you know. House a kid? That's what I thought he said, too. (laughs) Uh, Airplane kid, same thing. Uh, No, a kit. Yeah, a kit. Hey, the airplane's cheaper. Yeah. Bring parts of it back here and, you know. If I had a basement, I'd already I'd already have at least the tail kit. But well, well, they like did said, it in a week. I mean, come on. Yeah, if you had a, a few dozen friends that worked on it with you, if you only knock that right out. Twenty five hundred people <laughs> pulling rivets. Get, get it done in a week. Did uh, did did you go get that done, John? Did you ever get it over there? I went over there. I did not pull a rivet. Okay, I got the rivet pulled. Uh, shot a little bit of video and kind of poked around, um, what Friday, I think I said they had the engine on at that point. And, um, Oh, okay. Oh yeah. 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 They had the engine on. I thought you meant running, but yeah, no, but they did. They did make it. They taxied at the air show on Sunday and they had a fly on Monday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Flew Monday. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, what's, uh, what's the Mar, uh, the Marvel hero name, that guy, um, Stan Lee. Yeah, but uh, his character that he made. No, no, the character for the, oh, the like aviation. Arion. Oh, Arion. Yeah, he was there at the one week at the one week wonder, like cheering people on and oh, very cool. And um, getting the kids excited and stuff like that, and handing out some goodies for the kids. So, yeah, good times. Um, so we. Uh, I think that pretty much covers Osh for us. Uh, anything I, I've missed that uh, you can think of? I'm ready for next year. Hear that? Are you, you gotta go sun and fun first, though? Um. Yeah, I don't know if I'll make that. 
I guess this isn't OSH related, but one of the things that happened on the 27th, a new FAA reg came into effect, and uh, which affects the folks up here in that we have a, a sim at our flying club, uh, and you no longer need a CF, uh, CFII uh, to log time on it. So I can go into the flying club at any time, you know, fire up the sim and shoot approaches, uh, log them myself, and shut it off and go home. Huh. And uh, Interesting. So I can get six and a hole done in, you know, 45 minutes where normally it takes a full two hours uh, to shoot that in the, in the plane. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and taking out the CFII, of course, uh, cuts the cost way down as well. Yeah. And it makes it our CFII, like everybody else, is moving into professional flying. And so, you know, he's doing a lot of 135 work. He's hard to get to. It's, uh, it's really nice. Oh. Um, also not necessarily OSH-related. Um, we, 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 you and I chatted a little bit about, uh, um, the Phoenix Flyers out here, the club. Yeah. And I kind of met, and I showed you their webpage and stuff. And yeah, there's like 15 people on a waiting list, um, to get in, in that club. And you mentioned that it looked like reasonable for the price and so forth. And mm-hmm. it was put together well and stuff. How do you, how does that compare to, to the, your club? As uh, as you know, it's similar. Goes? We've, we've got, um, different aircraft, sure. obviously. Um, and uh, the Phoenix Flyers, if I remember correctly, had like a 182T, um, which is a really interesting capability. We have no turbocharged aircraft. Um, but uh, we've got a couple of, of speedy distance planes um, because that's what the, the members here were more interested in. Um, but we don't have any mountains nearby either, so a turbo doesn't doesn't really buy us much um, but that's a that's a really interesting interesting airplane and of course then you've got the the lower cost you know you can rent the arrows and the or not the arrows the the cherokees and the 172s uh it's interesting that they have high and low wing uh as well yeah they've got a, a 1978 archer 2 mm-hmm. a 1998 skylane a 182s um, a 2004 Skylane 182T with the G1000. And I guess I assumed T meant turbo, but now that you're saying it, maybe it's just the model code, and it's normally aspirated. Uh, let me see. It's uh, IO540. Yeah, it's a fuel-injected IO540 230 horse. Oh, so it's not the TSIO. Okay. Yep. Yeah. It, the thought of... We've talked occasionally, as people would bring up turbocharged, and it's like the amount of skill that it takes to run that just isn't that, amenable without, to a club. Without screwing up the engine? Yeah. Yeah, yeah if, it, it. if it's a manually, if it's a manual wastegate turbocharger, which a lot of these planes would be, you know, especially the older ones, maybe not some of this, maybe not if it was a 2004, but... Yeah, even just, to set, even if we had an automatic, it's complicated, but a manual, it'd be right out. Like, you've, yeah. you've got to be dialed in on that thing, and you're, yeah, that's, you're not going to want just any in the club doing it yeah so for, like Franz's uh, and the other plane they got which is the one thing that interests me the most is the 66 Comanche um, um, uh, 260 uh, two, 260 horse looking Comanche looking at those Comanches yeah I, I'm so sold on them I don't know what it is about these these planes other than 
they haul a lot and they go pretty fast. So yeah, I like, like that. You know, they're older is the only downside to them, but they're yeah. inexpensive and they're good haulers. Yeah. So um, the so like it's like forty two hundred and fifty bucks initial investment, um, and uh, one hundred and twenty five bucks a month, and then you got your you got your cost for the plane, which is which includes fuel and it's tack time, of course. So yeah, and they got fifteen people waiting. I mean. I could practically just contact those 15 people and start a whole new club. <laughs> right, exactly. Go, all right, guys, what airplanes do you want in your club? Because yep. we can pick from scratch if everybody's got enough money to go in to buy a few. You know? Right, so, yeah, 15 people, you can get you can get a couple of aircraft. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. They just so announced their own flying club initiative thing, too. So they're, they're doing the same thing I think AOPA was. We're trying to get people to start flying Start clubs. these. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of information out there on setting up LLCs and getting the club organized and stuff. So, yeah, it seems like there's enough interest here in town. That was that was one thing that I was concerned about. About you know, because I don't really want to be a single aircraft owner. As cool as that would be, because I just there's no way I could afford uh, to keep that thing running by myself. So, yeah, or or you could for a little while. Yeah, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like oh. Where do I where do I have fifteen thousand dollars lying around? Right. How much How much can you get for a kidney these days? Is what I'm wondering. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, anyways, it, it seemed it seemed like a pretty decent deal. I wanted to get your feedback on it. I appreciate that because you've got a lot of experience uh, with your club. You've been a part of it for a long time now. So, yeah, it's yeah. Any time. It it it's got a lot of similar characteristics, right? It's an older club. It's been a, which means it's been around for a while. Um, and it, which means that it's probably pretty well managed, or it wouldn't have a, a wait list to get in. Yeah, um, and it's kind of the standard, you know, uh, based on what was on the website. It's kind of the standard. You buy in, and then you get uh, there's a monthly fee, which I think is the same as ours. Mm. And uh, then you know you get access to the planes at a very reasonable cost. It's basically you know it's a it's it's like a nonprofit FBO. Except that you know you're as a it's not an FBO, so they're not paying anybody to take care of the facilities. Yeah, and you can always sh- uh, share your 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 um, or sell your share back at the end and get your forty two fifty back. Forty five hundred less a two hundred fifty two hundred fifty dollar membership fee. So yeah, we don't actually have that provision in our club. Um, oh, okay. So you're on the hook for either selling it back or if you just stop flying when once you're. Once it starts consuming, your monthly fee starts coming out of your membership. Oh, right? and, I see. And so then you're no longer a member once you've completely exhausted that, which would take uh, several years. You can buy back in before you've exhausted the fee, um, and to you know catch you be back up to date. But yeah. uh, if if you let it go all the way out, then the club just gets the share back. Um, and it's it's not you, you don't get that you don't get it back. So if you sell it, great. But if you don't, then you're kind of out of luck. Oh, I need. There needs to be some clubs out here. There's just not that many out here. Even um, there's only another one or two, and they're not that great. Um, this one's the big one in town uh, that everybody knows. And you'd think there'd be quite a few, quite a bit more, but there's just not. And it might be down to. Not enough people interested in doing the legwork piece of it of keeping one going to say, "Hey, I want to start one," and 
I need a couple other people to be, you know, the treasurer or the this or the that, you know? Yeah, the finance person and then the person running maintenance um, are some of the biggest commitments. Uh, and so we have a program where those are, ro- you know, rotating positions and you get elected into it. And um, that operational side of it is it's really important because you don't want to burn out on it. Yeah. But I'm excited. I hope you get in and, uh, you know, get signed up. Yeah, if not, the the other day, uh, someone on Facebook locally here was asking about uh, if anyone was interested in getting in, uh, you know, buying into an airplane, uh, you know, as as just a couple of people, and I and I kind of chimed in on that, and someone else did too, or, well, a bunch of people did actually, but this other guy seemed to be very interested in the same type of airplane that I'd be interested in. So I think I already have at least one other person that wants to be a co-owner in an airplane. I, he asked me, like, how many people you think? And I said, you know, uh, three or four uh, owners altogether, you know, so. Right. I think there's interest. It's just a matter of uh, getting together and finding the people. So, And, and that's what social media is really good, good about and good for. So you just got to get the information out there and. Yeah, and a lot of the legal paperwork, you know, sort of the common contractual agreements you can find through through AOPA and I'm assuming through EAA as well. Well, I think we've kind of covered it all. Um, anything else uh, from anybody that uh, before we uh, start wrapping up? That's all I've got. I'm just sitting here staring at the... Uh aerial view of Oshkosh on my desktop dude I got that's what's on my desktop <laughs> yeah so <laughs> just uh yeah that's hilarious yeah that's what my desktop is uh, during camping right or during during Osh uh, season it's motivating <sighs> yeah I need to get back in the air yes you do that that couple on Facebook had me thinking, but just not not able to yet. Somebody posted a, a photoshopped uh, Oshkosh twenty eighteen shirt that on the front it's got the lo- you know the Air Venture twenty eighteen logo, and underneath it it says I survived the Sunday Fisk arrival. <laughs> and then on the back it's got the screenshot of the oh I saw that five thousand planes orbiting fisk and it and it's got the quote low wing high wing square wing by wing doesn't matter everybody turn left if you've got a wing turn left <laughs> if you and have just, a wing <laughs> or go orbit green lake yeah yeah that that was i mean I, i've been flying a few times where on my adsb there is so much traffic in a certain area because it's a practice area that i didn't go that way on purpose but if I would have saw that, I'm like, how is paint not being swapped? It's incredible. Uh, I was glad everybody was okay. Well, John, shout outs. Camp Bacon, everybody. Larry, uh, Lord Mayor. Lord Mayor, uh, everyone who, who cooked while we were there, Donkey. Um, Leslie Grant for yeah, Jambalaya. Leslie Grant with the Jambalaya. Um, it just, it, it's just so much fun camping together and seeing, um, as I heard that, you know, the once a year friends, um, you know, the people you see once or twice a year, but it's like, you know, you never, you never left. Um, it's just, it's great. I, I just, I love the, yeah, it's why I go to Osh now. It's why I go to the air shows just to hang out with everybody and to have fun and to see everyone. And, um, 
you know, just another really good year, another, um, just great experience. And, and thanks to everybody who, who helps make it happen. Absolutely. Well said. Yeah. Second that, um, and uh, a big shout out to, to all of our listeners, uh, both of you. Uh, you make it a really, <laughs> you make it a lot of fun, uh, and so we're we're glad uh, glad that we get to share our experiences with you, flying and and cap related and air show related and uh, and all the things. So, thanks. Yeah, and good luck to uh, Larry and Mary Beth as they uh, uh, now transition from. Uh, from homeowners to uh, full-time RVers, so that'll be uh, exciting to be hearing from them on, on how they're going to be traveling in the United States in an RV, visiting friends and family throughout the year, and so forth. And yeah, and uh, they got a whole new adventure on their hands now. Well, I think that's probably going to wrap it up for this uh, post-Osh extravaganza episode. <laughs> a very special in the pattern podcast. There you go. Uh, <laughs> So uh, just let everybody know real quick where they can find us online, and then we'll go ahead and wrap this up and uh, hopefully get some more of these out with some regularity. So, uh, Brad, let's start with you. Uh, you can reach me at brad at inthepatternpodcast.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, once in a blue moon, uh, at Brad Kane. Uh, and you can also probably hunt me down and chase me and find me on the Facebook and of course, Kane is spelled Kilo Oscar Echo Hotel November, just like it sounds. All right, Chris. Sure, you can uh, shoot me an email at chris at inthepatternpodcast.com. And uh, you can find me on the Twitter machine at cholabaz, as well as on Instagram, that same one. Uh, and of course, you can always uh, catch up with us on uh, Facebook on our In the Pattern Podcast Facebook page. All right, and I'm at John at InThePatternPodcast.com, Pilot Conway on Twitter, and pretty much anywhere else. Um, you can reach all of us at podcast at InThePatternPodcast.com, or on Twitter's In The Pattern, or like Chris just said, Facebook.com slash InThePatternPodcast. Uh, show notes for this episode and all our episodes can be found on our website, InThePatternPodcast.com. Um, go ahead, send us any suggestions, comments, critiques. Um, we'd love to get everything, and if you can um, head on over to uh, iTunes and, and drop a review there, that'd be uh, much appreciated as well. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up episode 70 of the In the Pattern podcast. I'd like to thank y'all for listening, and remember, make left traffic, you're cleared for the options.